0: You're listening to Tech Writer Voices. My name is Tom Johnson. I'm your host. Tech Writer Voices is a podcast specifically for technical writers or technical communicators or content managers, whatever you call yourself. If you author some kind of help content, this is a podcast for you. Today, we are posting an interview with Rahul Prabhakar. Now, I discovered Rahul actually a long time ago from a post on Holly Harkness's blog. Holly is... a the STC Atlanta president. She is a really interesting blog. And a while ago, she was noting her favorite technical communicator blogs. She says that I found Rahul Prabhakar's blog, When the Muse Strikes. He doesn't post often, but each offering is a goldmine of thoughtful insights, helpful advice, and useful information. His latest post is The Top Ten Lessons I Learned ...as a technical communicator. In my quest for the best tech comm blog, he gets the number one spot. And she notes that he, that Rahul is a good example of the internationalization of technical writing... ...because he's from India, working in Korea, but his blog is in English. So, just a little bit about Rahul before we get into the interview. He, he works for Samsung Electronics in, in Seoul, South Korea... He manages or is part of the Technical Writers of India mailing list. He's the editor of the TechCraft e-newsletter. And he's a prolific writer. So he had some interesting things to say about the top 10 lessons he had learned. And as you listen to this interview, I'm curious to hear what your top 10 lessons are that you've learned as a technical communicator. You can use the comment feature below the post to list your top 10 lessons or, more interesting, make your own post on your own blog and just link back to this post and your comments will actually appear in our comment section. It's it's a feature known as trackbacks. All right, let's go to the interview. Tell me, Rahul, did you always intend to become a technical communicator?
1: Well, Tom, to be honest with you, I never imagined myself as a technical writer if you'd have asked me. I did not study to become one, and certainly did not inherit it from my family lineage. Of course, I had little knowledge about the technical writing profession a few years ago. About the time I graduated from college in 2001, the technical communication field began gaining credibility in India, thanks to some laudable efforts from the professional body such as the STC and Intercom. Opportunities for technical writers at that time were not abundant. If you ask me now, the problem was getting started, since the information technology industry was experiencing its own economic downturn.
0: So basically, the economy in India for technical writers um, wasn't uh, wasn't so great a few years ago, but now it has really come around, right? Right. Um. How how different? Has it changed? I mean, was it was it such that uh, five, ten years ago there were no jobs and now there are like tons of jobs in India?
1: Mm, you're right, Tom. I, I clearly remember my my first call for an interview came after two months of meeting with consultants, placing resumes on various job boards and calling the human resources departments of various multinational companies. The adverse circumstances did not leave many people like me with any choices. My entry into becoming a technical communication professional really happened by chance. Who exactly was to be blamed for these unfavorable conditions? We know not. It could have been the outsourcing bust that caught us unaware or the lack of education. You never know. For most people, it was definitely a road less traveled. Now, when I look back five years uh, before, Things are looking much brighter and more promising. Technical writers in India have benefited from the sudden outsourcing surge. Many companies, especially those with products and services, are on a hiring spree, which is really improving the outlook of the profession. I think India is now home to many technical writing activities, such as learning sessions, informal meetings in almost every major city, mailing lists and special interest groups, e-signs and newsletters that showcase written talent in annual conferences this trend i think is is here to last provided products are continued to be developed and maintained in india and we continue to learn improve and demonstrate our skills
0: now if india is is blooming so much with technical writing why is it that you moved to south korea
1: i really wanted to uh, explore a new country a new culture um, the remuneration was, at that point of time, was, was too hard to resist. I also wanted to work uh, for the headquarters, and I really haven't regretted my decision to move abroad. Um, I still get a chance to maintain my blog. I still can maintain my mailing list. And if you ask me, it's it's not a really losing proposition. It's been almost the same. The thing that I almost... Um, miss about moving to uh, after moving to South Korea was the fact that I cannot collaborate in uh, with with uh, my friends and my colleagues from the profession I cannot meet them in person but then um, friends are just an email away so it's I think not many things have changed Uh, Rahul
0: what do you think we need to do differently as as technical communication professionals? What do we need to change or transform about the profession?
1: I think a technical communication job today is much more than just writing. Of course, writing is only one of the common denominators. Many employers take take it for granted that a person can write. They are often more interested in your technical skills, which will definitely help you secure the job. Yet I still believe that it is writing that will help you excel at it. I think as technical communicators, we must constantly remind ourselves that technical writing jobs were not created in India. To sustain these good good times, we must try to predict the future and the trends that shape it. I think it's a time for transformation.
0: So, when you say that uh, we have to transform, and you're saying writing is only one of the common denominators, are you saying that... As technical writers, we have to do more than just write. We have to wear other hats such as, um, I mean, tester, trainer, marketer. I mean, what? what a, can you give more details about what you mean about uh, what kind of transformation we need?
1: I think in many organizations where technical writers are employed today, writing is seen as a primary strategic business function. Making our presence felt requires that we must work harder towards transforming the profession into a core business function. It is our responsibility not only to educate the product stakeholders about the importance of hiring technical communicators, but also to move out of our cubicles and make our presence felt at, at an organizational level. We are not at that point yet where we can sit down with them and squeeze documentation into their final project plans.
0: So by core business function, you're saying that we have to somehow demonstrate um, value to the company or we have to prove that we're bringing in money to the company rather than just being uh, a liability or something people have to do because it's a requirement?
1: Yes, you're right. I think in in the context of reduced IT savings, organizations everywhere are constantly looking at budgets which are tightly coupled with resources. The newfound mantra is to increase the profits with lesser manpower. Now this has a direct implication to our profession as well. I think we must continually remind management about the value that we bring to the company. How can we possibly achieve this is the big question. Now for one, we need people with leadership abilities, managers, who don't have to wink at the very mention of cost who can create an effective business case and opportunities for technical communicators. And I'm really not talking here of of the return on investments alone, but a person similar to a user advocate who can demonstrate value.
0: So do you think that technical writers must transform themselves into more than simply writers to survive? I mean, if, if we just confine ourselves to the writing role, is that going to basically be the reason for our being laid off or for all jobs being outsourced?
1: I think um, it doesn't hurt if, if you are going to align writing with management in the business. Um, you have already witnessed this trend in the U.S. where most manufacturing and service-related jobs migrated to cheaper locations with the entire documentation departments got offshored, thus causing layoffs on the pretext of cost. I think writers in the U.S. are are confident that technical communication jobs will return. Many of them are actually uh, taking on other professional roles such as project managers, editors, and so on during this time. So the next best thing is to understand where we are going as a profession. For this, I would really... Uh, urge technical writers to indulge in three things, technology, innovation, and business. The first step, I think, would be uh, being recognized as a part of the development team. Now, this requires you to be adapted technology. The, s- the second is to make your presence felt at an organizational level, which I mentioned before. This would uh, require you to be innovative. You have to make a parallel between a firm's revenue and your contribution towards it, which would require business skills. I would also um, make an attempt to attend all the meetings with the development teams and help influence their decisions. I think as technical communicators, one needs to step out of their cubicles and understand how the business works. We, We waste much of our time on perishable skills such as understanding the tools, our focus should remain on intellectual skills and how we can ca- capitalize on that.
0: And um, so, so you think that we should definitely make these changes, such as, um, you know, aligning with the business, uh, capitalizing on our intellectual skills. Um, do you want to expand any more on that, or?
1: Yeah, I think for for people who are entering this profession, I I still believe that technical communication is. Is a relatively newfound profession in the Indian subcontinent. So my advice for people who are entering this profession would be that the groundwork is started for you. I'm really um, looking at uh, technical communication professionals who are making their presence felt throughout throughout the organization level. But I also worry of those who don't belong to this profession, people who can be at a large disadvantage in the long run. We need to carefully watch out where we go from here. Any complacency can reverse the trends at any moment. Technical writing is is not just about learning and writing about new technologies, domains, product suites, and processes. It's how you can set business direction, align and motivate others, and deliver results.
0: All right, now, you you wrote an article called Ten Lessons Learned as a Technical Communicator. Right. And I am hoping that we can talk about each one of these lessons that you've learned and you can explain a little bit about what the lesson is and then I I could possibly ask you a question about that lesson. The first lesson that you learned is to choose the right words. So what do you mean by choosing the right words?
1: Well, uh, to a large extent, the words that you choose to communicate Determine the type of reaction from your audience. And this does not apply to articles alone but other forms of communication as well, both written and oral, such as emails, end user documentation and so on. Now if you have ever noticed how some of your emails receive an instant response while others get dumped and probably never looked at, have you ever reasoned why this happens?
0: totally um, I mean different people communicate in different ways I know uh, but in in terms of email I think that's the situation where it's most apparent when somebody does not choose the right words a, a simple person may reply to you with the words okay and if you were talking to them in person they may say okay you know that sounds great but when they just write you know two letters okay it comes across maybe as kind of unpersonable or uneasy. So, when you when you write your email, what do you do to make sure that you're choosing the right words there? I th-
1: I think what we need to realize as technical communicators is the fact that readers today are really smart. If you press them the wrong way, they will write you off before you know it. So, my first lesson that I learned as a technical communicator was to choose the right words. If you are unable to capture the attention of your intended audience, nothing you write or say can bring them back.
0: All right, your second lesson learned is to strike a rapport with your audience. So can Mm -hmm. you explain a little bit about that?
1: Well, I think uh, the moment you are able to surpass the word barrier, you have actually succeeded in striking a rapport with your audience. Your writing would actually seem more believable to them knowingly or otherwise you have increased the universal appeal of your document so in these documents that
0: you're trying to create a rapport with the audience uh, with, mm-hmm. are you talking about technical communication too in terms of instructions manuals help manuals or or other types of materials
1: yes i think uh, the information is is purely technical and you even though you are you are not doing fiction but still you are writing information that is concise, that uh, rec- does not require too much searching, and is is to the point. So that's the kind of information I was talking about here.
0: Okay, okay. So like a, a rapport of credibility and trust in, in the information. Yes. Uh, lesson three is to pay attention to details. What do you mean by that?
1: I think these days, uh, technical communicators concentrate more on the two Ds, uh, the deadlines and deliverables. Their primary focus is to get the job out of the site as soon as possible. In the ordeal, they may not completely understand the domain or the technology or the product suite completely. Now when dealing with a complex product like, let's say, a compiler or an assembler or a linker, this may not be the best approach. Paying attention to details is an absolutely necessary trait required in our profession. By hurrying through the product, I think you are depri- depriving the end user of in, in, important information. So my advice to all technical communicators would be to buy some time from the stakeholders. They will, under most circumstances, be willing to grant you those extra hours.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's a good lesson, I think, um Certainly, we we often think that nobody will ever hold up production for the technical writers to finish their documentation. Um, But but definitely, if the documentation is poor, the consequences can be pretty dire. Right. Your lesson four is meet the expectations. So can Mm -hmm. you expand on that?
1: Well, in in a professional setting, you have to match the job expectations laid down by the people you work with or generally report to. Don't let these expectations take a toll on you. If you are someone who has not studied to become a technical communicator, you must take extra initiatives to learn the ropes. I would say don't be overwhelmed by the enormity of the task. Contact a local technical writing service provider in your region or probably join a technical writing mailing list um or a course for that matter and start networking uh, you will be really amazed how much the world has to offer so the learning from the fourth lesson is come prepare to handle the job expectations and market yourself as a total package i, I think the the fact that we as technical communicators forget that we can always ask the management team to support us with formal training on the technology uh, we are using in our organization. Now, this training can also take advantage of the company's tuition reimbursement plan or the training budget f- for your team or department. Uh, I think you can learn any programming language on your own, yet the effort can be really inefficient and not, not worth it. Ditto for any new tools uh, you need to learn. My advice would be to go for an instructor-led training course from a reputed institution. You can actually consult with few people who have attended such training and listen to the recommendations. If you receive training on new authoring tools, you are more likely to spend time exploring hidden and advanced features in that tool that may have otherwise been hard to find. Now, training, um, let me add here, can be an expensive proposition. However, once you know how the technology or the tools work, you can recover the entire cost within no time through your added proficiency and productivity. And
0: a question, question for you here, Rahul. So yeah. does your company pay for your uh, STC dues? I mean, do is there an STC chapter over in Seoul, and, and does your company provide you with the whatever fee it is to join?
1: The STC Korean chapter was formed in the year 2006. Uh, We are still, I'm I'm meeting the people who are behind the um, Endeavor and trying to uh, see how we can increase the membership base. Um, If the need shall be, my my company would not mind spending the money on uh, STC membership uh, dues as well as attending the conference in the U.S. So that's great. that's That's
0: great. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add here about um, meeting expectations?
1: Yeah, I, I was telling you about um, getting trained. Now, once you are trained, uh, you need to pass on the learning as well because the, the consumers of your product may not always be the customers or the stakeholders who purchase your product. Consumers may include people like the inexperienced call center executives or the sales and marketing teams who are learning how to use the product. Even developers who are new with the product and have no experience uh, with the product can be your customers. Uh, Some advanced customers such as system integrators may even request training materials, which is highly technical in nature and provides a great depth of knowledge. Now these people may use the training materials for developing complex applications later on. As a technical communication professional, you should provide accurate technical details by blending theory and practice with examples and exercises that gives the customer the necessary skills to work with that product or tool. In our business, we must reach out to a varied audience and convey the same thing the same way that we would do to a single audience member. A technical communication professional who has Adapted technology is more equipped to address complex issues related to the product and its domain than the one who is in For example currently. I'm documenting a, a compiler uh, Product it's it's called the calm Shine 16 plus and it is quite necessary for the person who's documenting uh, the way how to use the compiler how to specify the optimization options he should be really proficient with the c programming language unless you are adapted c there is no way you can write this this manual so i think you should you should not only get trained on the underlying programming language or or the or the tools but you should also pass on the learning for the people who can uh, who can be using your product in in totality
0: so you're you're a programming writer. You understand all the programming languages that you're uh, that you're writing about, right? See now, I think this is this is a great uh, thing to know all the to, to really know all the technical details of the languages of the programs that you're documenting. But isn't that isn't that really hard? I mean, for example, let's say that. Uh, there's a program being developed in Visual Basic .NET, and I mean, are you saying that the writer should be familiar with these languages? And how will they get the time to to learn all this? I mean, it seems like quite a tall order there.
1: Mm, it it is not, if you if you ask me, because when you're writing technical document uh, documents, you refer to many re- resources such as user groups, competitor product websites books reference guides mailing list wikis and so on it is also necessary that you provide the complete learning support by including other technological deliverables such as online help web and computer-based trainings and so on now let's say you, you are documenting a software development kit now you must provide robust samples so that the application developers can use the sample as is or modify and incorporate them into larger applications If you design online help, ensure that the content will provide the developers with answers to their specific questions. Now, developers are really pressed for time. They want real solutions for their problems. If you provide code snippets that they can cut and paste into the applications, they are more than happy to work with you. Now, what I'm trying to say here is is that if you are technologically savvy, then it comes handy when you write about technology. Technology provides us with better tools for easily accomplishing our daily task. Now we just need to write our content once and distribute it in various formats. Not just that, we can define our content methodologies and choose the best tools that support these methodologies.
0: Uh, Rahul, you said that we need to just write our content once and distribute it in various formats. I'm just curious what what your guys' method is. You're you're referring to like a single sourcing model there, right? What do you you do? Uh,
1: like at, at at Samsung, we we use FrameMaker as the authoring tool, <clears throat> and uh, let's say if I'm writing a compiler manual, so we we just maintain one source file, FrameMaker source file. And later on, for distribution purposes, we, we can distribute our content in um, HTML, or a PDF file, or any other format which, which the developers would insist on. So that was something I was referring, referring to.
0: OK, can we move on to Lesson 5, this break the mediocrity?
1: Yes. Mm, okay, now just look around. The, the world around you has changed so much. Now, most technical communicators today are moving up the value chain and taking greater roles and responsibilities. Now, you can also taste success early in your career. I did. I, I really did. I'm, I'm just 27 I, and I really feel proud of my achievements if I look back. Um, all you got to do is break the mediocrity. Go and explore the myrad range of options available on the internet, learn everything it takes to accomplish the task, be it knowledge about open source tools, content management systems, XML, wikis, blogs and so on. Uh, the fifth lesson, um, it actually focuses on learning how to communicate and collaborate effectively. In other words, moving ahead of our times and thinking laterally.
0: So, as a person who's breaking the mediocrity, somebody who's an innovator, who experiments with new things? Right. Definitely. I I think that that is a critical. I mean, technology is expanding so rapidly. Things are changing. If we just stay in the same track and always do what we've always done, we're not going to keep pace with, with what's going on. Right. All right, your, your next lesson is to... Know your role well. What do you mean by Mm -hmm. that?
1: When when I took to writing as a career, no one was actually willing to train me on how to write. With absolutely no godfathers in the industry, I was left to the dogs. Most organizations organizations today have a tendency to do that. Uh, They expect you to know your role well, even if you are a fresher. That is not to say that you cannot pick up the ropes on the job. You just need to show them what you are truly capable of. Demonstrate these values you, you carry with you each day at work and make them realize that your services are indispensable. Now all this will require you to stretch your limits. I would go to an old proverbial statement that Rome was not built in a day. So accept rejections that might come in your way. Those are just normal, not deterrents. Exuberate a winning attitude at work and do that all the time.
0: Now, you said that when you just started your career, nobody taught you how to write. I mean, what are some of these, what are some of the things that that uh, you didn't realize when you're writing? I mean, are we talking about writing task-based documentation rather than feature-driven documentation? Are there any single principles that stand out about, about must, about yes. uh, learning to write?
1: Yes. Um, We were focusing too much on the features, about the menus and the toolbars. We weren't uh, exactly focusing on the the end user profile, the stakeholders who were uh, uh, focusing so much on on the um, usage of the product. So our approach was totally wrong, and we had no mentors to help us with our writing. So... It was a precarious situation to be in. Uh, we were learning on our own, and we were just uh, making mistakes, and um, we, it, it was coming out of nowhere. So uh, when I worked in for uh, Fortune 500 companies such as Oracle and Samsung, so the, the learning came in with interacting with U.S. writers, editors, and um, attending several training sessions and um, we, we got to the same uh, level of writing that was acceptable to uh, various audience types. So, so the, the learning came with time, but when it did, it, it was very enriching for us as as technical communication professionals.
0: Your next lesson is to steer away from the usual rut. This seems a little bit... Kind of like the break the mediocrity, but can you explain what do you mean by steering away from the usual rut?
1: Well, I I think when when you have some time to spare, there there are many things that you can choose to do, such as take on some projects um, for your own learning. You can network with fellow technical writers, developers, or other professionals. You can even participate on various technical writing forums and in turn share your knowledge with the rest of the world. You can join the open source revolution because it's free and it's worth it's salt. You can write articles for e such as Techcraft. You can maintain a blog like I do and write about new topics. You can include the blog address in your resume. I think getting noticed is a matter of choice and individual capability. Luck has little or I think nothing to do with it. In short, Try to break away from the monotony of a regular nine to five job.
0: Definitely these are some worthwhile activities. The blog, the forums, mailing lists, other networking opportunities, your e-zine. I'm curious, which of these different activities did you find most rewarding? I mean do you like to blog more or do you like to participate on the on the mailing list?
1: I am actively involved with my mailing list from the year 2004. I, I la- like to write, and that brings out the best in me. Um, I also r- maintain a blog, but I'm not a very active blogger, and I, I must confess that. Um, but I write regularly for my eSign tech craft. I write a column called From the Editor's Desk, and I've been doing that from the last couple of years month by month. So, it's it's uh, something that I really enjoy doing in my spare.
0: I noticed you have both a Blogger blog and a WordPress blog. I'm just a little uh-huh. curious which one began first.
1: Uh-huh. The, 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 the Blogger one uh, was where I started writing first and WordPress followed. I, I, I haven't really migrated most of my content from uh, Blogger to uh, WordPress. I've been trying to do that, but um, unsuccessfully so.
0: But why, why are you trying to migrate to the different platform?
1: Mm, I just found out that uh, uh, WordPress has a lot of functionalities which were not there uh, in, in the earlier versions of Blogger. Um, The the current version of Blogger is is more um, likely at what I was looking at when I started off with blogging. So I might have to delete the WordPress blog because it's actually duplication of information.
0: Yeah, Blogger just released their their next version, which is a significant uh, upgrade from their previous. But uh, I'm a big WordPress fan, Uh, but I don't want to get too involved in that. All right, let's go to lesson eight. Don't network for the heck of it. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, if your job involves networking with various people such as the subject matter experts, product or project managers, developers or quality assurance professionals, you need to respect their time as much as you'd want them to respect yours. Don't be all over the place with your doubts and your questions. It will only do you more harm than good. Check your facts beforehand. Do you really need their inputs? If you are in dias rates, do not hesitate to ask, even when you do not understand anything. Have a set of ready reckoners and checklists for reference, such as editorials, guidelines, style guides, and so on.
0: You know, this is an interesting point, uh, how much one should interact with the SMEs. Uh, when I first started my job as a technical writer, mm-hmm. I had tons of questions about the, the application I was documenting, and somebody said, "Oh, you don't want to bother the business analysts because they're very busy." So I basically didn't talk to them for the next two months. Uh-huh. And uh, later, as I took on other projects, I realized that not communicating at all was was disastrous. And so I, I had to, uh, you know, I was more open with it. But there's definitely a balance. You don't want to be emailing them with every question, but on the other hand, you don't you don't want to think that you can't communicate with them at all. So it's a good it's a good point. Right. Now your next lesson is education is only a catalyst. Can you expand?
1: Well, technical writing is all about how you can understand and decipher technology to your end users. No education or personal coaching can actually teach you that. Education is only a catalyst. It is only meant to guide. I have seen quite a few people in our trade who have absolutely no degrees to boast of but can write exceptionally well. Now, My advice to all budding writers would, would be to try to learn from such people. They have been there and done that. Follow your heart and enjoy the continuous learning.
0: Certainly, certainly um, continuing to learn has got to be one of the most successful traits. That anybody can adopt right your last lesson is to not suppress the writer in you can you expand on that
1: well I can assure you one thing Tom that in our profession you cannot possibly convince all so don't even try some people will always find means and ways to put you down it's the way this world function these days I have noticed myself on a few mailing lists that s- some people can be unduly abrasive, undiplomatic, or demanding. Some emails that I've come across in recent times are heavily laced with sarcasm, which I found extremely unpalatable. Now, why do these people fear poorly in the personality department? A strong technical writer who has the ability to convey information in a non-demanding and non-confrontational manner is imperative to the success of any technical publication department. I think it is time that we start to look at the bigger picture and we spend some time on how to carry ourselves publicly. I suggest we should never give up on the good work. We all choose a certain way to be in this world. Some of us are good at one thing while completely miserable at others. We spend half of our life searching for everything right. The right education, the right job, the right friends, the right house and so on. The truth is that there is no right or wrong. It's all there in your mind. It's all all a state of mind actually. You can be a part of almost any and every system with your own choice. The choice to be who you are rests with you and no one else. Even if you choose to do things you are not very comfortable with, I think you cannot sustain it for long. Eventually you will lose interest, because that's basic human nature. It strictly applies to everything in life that we do. We, we have a very interesting comment from Judith Herr. she she's an STC fellow. She says that exceptional writers, whether technical or creative, are those who grew up reading voraciously all kinds of fiction and non-fiction by authors from around the world. And then, many of them travelled or lived away from their own homes for a while. I recommend it to young people getting started, and older folks like me too. We can learn the rules and do a good job, or we can be exceptional. Now, on on the question of why I chose to become a writer, well, all I can say is that I was destined to become one. And you can't change your destiny, like you can't fake life or death, I think.
0: That, that's really interesting. The last comment you made about feeling that it was your your destiny to to become a writer. Um, do you, so, I'm just a little curious. Uh, what is what is your concept of destiny?
1: Well, destiny is is something that does not come to you. I think it 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 is something you create. Uh, in, in one lifetime and you, you can be positive in your outlook towards life. You can do the stuff that you really associate with and create your own destiny. I think there, there will be failures in, in, in the coming, but that should not deter you from the, the destination. And um, once you're able to do that, I think you create your own destiny.
0: Interesting, interesting. Uh, now, can you tell us a little bit about the technical writing India mailing list that uh, is on Yahoo? I mean, there are lots of people on this list, and it's not just uh, Indians, I'm, I'm assuming.
1: Yes, you're right. Um, we have people from all over the world. We have people from people from Israel. We have people from South Africa. We have people from the U.S. We have people from the Pakistan. And we have people from all over the world, the South Korea, India, China, so it's it's a pretty, even though the name is Technical Writing India, so but we have writers from all over the world. Now, the, the success or failure of any mailing list depends entirely on its member, as in how effectively they can contribute on the list and how diligently they can enhance the quality of the ongoing discussions. If you watch closely, The level of discussions combined with the maturity of posters is what categorizes these mailing lists to a large extent. For example, if you look at Technical Writers India mailing list, uh, or TWI as it's popularly called, when you have a mailing list like TWI, the members from all over the world intrinsically form the core of all discussions. There is an inherent focus on interaction and networking. Now, collaboration in this context does sound an easy word, but more often than not, it's really badly implemented. implemented. Now, this group contains a large proportion of newbies who have joined with the sole objective of learning and honing their existing skill sets. Some of these are like fresh college graduates desperate to get jobs or apprenticeship. They focus only on the topicality, which I believe is the mother of all problems. Some of them don't even know how to write and those who do wouldn't care to research a topic before mailing it on the list. On the other hand, seasoned writers on the list tend to look beyond the cliched. They define a value orientation with new, simpler and unique ways to get things done. But again, most of them are lurkers who wouldn't write consistently. Apart from this, we have issue of trolling, members who are posting provocative topics and flaming personal attacks between individuals. In my opinion on a mailing list it is imperative that the views expressed by an individual should not be restricted, out of context, controversial, ironical or biased. The biggest fear of all on a mailing list is the fear of being intimidated and that's one reason why some people prefer hibernation to active participation. My advice to such people is to relax. This ain't no competition. Of course, members are encouraged to participate all the time, and this way the feel-good factor is also maintained on the list. Now, this is where I have my calling, the moderator of DWI.
0: So, as a moderator, your job is to, to tone down the attacks and to help people get along on that list, or do you actually delete messages that are inappropriate?
1: Mm, I think a mix and match of both. But my sole focus and my aim to have started this mailing list is to reach out to technical communicators all over the world and to understand how uh, practices differ across the cultures. And it 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 doesn't hurt when you hear from people like Jeff Hart or Judith Hare or Jackie Dumrau or... Halen or Guy Haas. Now, these people have been in this profession for the last twenty to twenty-five years. Um, people like Bill, who who have started the uh, HATT mailing list. So, it's it's a constant learning and collaborating with these writers is is so much fun and so much educative, if I can say so.
0: Now, I just have a couple questions about mailing lists. Uh, you know, I used to be subscribed to every mailing list that I that I could find. But uh, mm-hmm. I found that reading all the messages can really be uh, tedious because it's hard to get them to, to appear in a threaded conversation. You know, they're scattered. And mm-hmm. how, what's your trick for getting around that? I mean, how do you know when somebody posts something, how it fits into the context of all the previous posts before it and, and things like that?
1: Now, people who are writing under the same subject, obviously, um, they they're responding to a particular topic and they have found their interest in that topic. Uh, what I normally do is is that I identify some writers whom I definitely look at uh, and and their responses. Um, I I normally uh, tend to skip a few mails myself, but. Most of the times, I if, if the topic is controversial, or I, I like to get a second, second-hand view from seasoned writers, veterans um, who have a lot of knowledge on the subject matter. So, I think peop- most people who uh, do not participate very actively, but tend to uh, read mails from writers who constantly write on such mailing lists. So... We all have our, our chosen ones, chosen ones. So it's it's it depends from person to person, I think. But what I normally do is is I skip a few mails um, and I look at people who have really substantial stuff to write about.
0: Is there a way to search the archives on the Twin mailing list?
1: Uh, um, let me correct you here. Uh, twin and TWI are two separate mailing lists. So um, my, the, the mailing list which I was referring to is called TWI. Yes, there is a way to search the archives.
0: Sorry about that confusion there uh, with TWI and TWIn there. So mm-hmm. oh actually, how do people subscribe to TWI? Do you have a I assume you have a link or they can just search for TWI at Yahoo mailing
1: list? You can do that, but uh, you can send an email. Um, let me give you the email address.
0: I, while you're pulling that up, I just want to mention that I'll, I'm going to put a link to your blog in the show notes as well as a uh, link to that you're going to send me about this mailing list. Mm-hmm. About, about how many people are on this list?
1: Uh, we have... Okay, Okay, I got there. We have 2,182 people currently subscribed to this list. Wow. And um, you can send, if you need to subscribe, you can send an email to technical underscore writers underscore India hyphen subscribe at the rate yahoogroups.com.
0: Great. Rahul, is there any final message that you have for the technical communicators globally all over the world? You, you mentioned that part of the appeal of the list is your ability to interact with people in different countries so Mm -hmm. any closing thoughts
1: well tom i'd say to be an effective technical writer you need to be the kind of person whose writing resonates with the users emphasize on your writing and empathize with your readers understand their goals Use clear and direct language to teach them how to be successful with the product. Trust me, being a successful technical writer is surely one beautiful feeling. So start wearing those thinking caps if you haven't already. And that's my final message to all technical communication professionals all over the world.
0: All right, Rahul. Well, thank you for talking with me. I appreciate your time and all your thought that you've put into this.
1: Thank you, Tom, so much for sparing your time.
0: You've been listening to Tech Writer Voices, a podcast specifically for technical writers. I'm Tom Johnson. You're listening to Rahul Prabhakar, a technical writer from India, working in South Korea. If you want to sign up for the Technical Writers of India mailing list, there's a link in the post that tells you how to subscribe, and you can also see a link to Rahul's blog, and you can also see a link to Holly Harkness's blog, too. Finally, if you're looking to listen to other technical writing podcasts, I do have a couple of recommendations. The DMN Communications Podcast is a new podcast about technical writing. And there's also another podcast by Harry Miller. He hasn't done any in a while, but the ones he has done are excellent. So those are some more resources to check out. Again, they're in the show notes on this link.